0: The Blaze Radio Network. On demand.
1: We have the radio show starting here in about a minute. We want to talk to you about our sponsor this half hour. It's Relief Factor. I can't endorse this enough. I can't, uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't endorse anything that I don't use or don't believe in. Uh, but this I take every single day. I take it three times a day and it has really impacted my life a great deal. I'm a different person
2: um, yeah, be- more tolerable person. Yeah. A person that you can Wait. deal with a little bit better and one that doesn't drive you crazy every single <laughs> yeah, day. Right. Um, it's really made a big difference Thank in you. my life Thanks. that you're taking it.
1: Okay, Stu, thank you very much. Uh, so anyway, uh, the the deal is, is, if you are living in pain, you know what it's like. Inflammation is a great cause of most of our pain and a lot of our troubles in life. This is 100% drug-free, created by doctors. It helps fight against inflation. Try it for three weeks. If it doesn't work for you, you're only out 20 bucks. But if it does work, you get your life back. Try it now. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Glenn Beck. You know, yesterday I was talking to you a little bit about the uh, the refugees, otherwise known as the caravan, and I was I was I was talking about how you really have to have some consistency if you if you want to make your point, you have to be consistent. And there's all this talk about refugees and asylum. The left and the mainstream media has used this as one of their you know flagship torches. Uh, to criticize uh, Trump and his border policies, but it falls apart. It falls apart because you can, you know that it's not real. You know that it's not real internally. You know that it's not real. How? Well, they've been talking about the caravans coming up from South America. The New York Times, the daily podcast compared the plight of South American refugees to that of Jews being turned away during World War II by FDR. Now, they didn't mention that it was the progressives and FDR that turned that uh, ship around, uh, but I wouldn't expect them to say that. Even Beto wrote a piece that, uh, on how he would deal with the situation. And put on your shocked face, uh, he's reportedly reconsidering about his run for presidency. I know. Crazy shock. But can you seriously compare the Jews that were facing Nazis to those in the migrant caravan. Can you compare the migrant caravan to those who were escaping Cuba and Castro? Well, the New York Times did. Now, filmmaker Ami Horowitz just released a video of his experience where he was embedded with the caravan, and he asked people point blank, why have you come? Every single one of them said that they were coming for economic reasons or for education. Now, consider this. Mercury One and uh, this audience has helped relocate over 15,000 Christian refugees, the people who are literally being chased out of their town if they do not submit to Allah. Otherwise, if they don't escape, they are beheaded or crucified. We have helped 15,000. It's like 15,680-something in this year alone we have helped those refugees now not not one i should say not one family one person has been allowed into the united states one now where's the left and the media's outrage these are actual refugees these are people that we have seen on television set on fire in cages And they don't seem to care why they have this outrage and this this broken heart for a group of mainly men. Now, NBC is even reporting. I can't believe the guy's still on the air. Mainly men coming here for jobs and education, but they will not lift a finger. They will not they will not carry a story about Asia Bibi or the Christians that are being saved and the Christians that are being killed all over the world. Why? Because a group of people wanted to make more money and to be able to go shopping or have an education, most likely a free education on the back of the taxpayers here. We're not talking about the actual plight of endangered refugees, people that need asylum as a matter of life and death. Now, It will be easy for the media to say, oh, really, Glenn? Well, what about you're only talking about them because they're Christians? No, I have also been talking to you about the Uyghurs. I've been talking about the million Muslims that have been rounded up in China. And I have been warning. What China is going into now is some of the darkest stuff that we have ever seen as as humans. Two million Muslims are now being detained in China in re-education camps. Now, these re-education camps are concentration camps. Make no mistake. These are not conspiracy theories. You can see them on satellite photos. Two million people have been disappeared. A member of the Chinese Muslim minority spoke in Washington yesterday. Did you see this? Did anybody see this in the news? Is anyone leading with this story today? You know, we're in a trade war right now with China. It is actually affecting our farmers. Our farmers are plowing their fields under because they couldn't sell their crops because we're in a trade war with China. We have a president who is talking about trade wars, and we have China talking about an actual hot war If those things go through. So you would think that there is enough here to talk about China, to look for stories about China. But here is somebody who was actually in one of the reeducation concentration camps. She escaped and she was in our country yesterday trying to talk to the press and trying to talk to political leaders about her experiences. Now, I want to bring this to you. Because it is what we should be talking about. Have you ever seen the movie V for Vendetta with Natalie Portman? Her character is tortured by the protagonist to show what the government's re-education experience actually looks like. It is almost what this woman described in Washington is almost as if the Chinese watched that movie and then said, you know what, let's apply this. But can we make it a little darker? After she was arrested, she had her head shaved and she was interrogated for four straight days with no sleep. She was then forced to abandon her native language, her religion, and her cultural practices. Every day she was forced to memorize and sing songs praising the Communist Party. Then she was given electroshock. She was given electroshock treatment until she foamed at the mouth and passed out. And the last phrase she heard before going unconscious was being a Uyghur is a crime. This is happening now on a grand scale. Two million people are going through this. I, I, I want to make sure that you understand they're Muslims, but I didn't say two million Muslims. I said two million million people are going through this. Now, what I just described is the lighter part of her detention and training. She was then forced to take mysterious pills. She didn't know what they did. She still doesn't. And she was forced to drink a white liquid. Now, this caused bleeding from from everywhere, but stopped her menstruation uh, uh, process are they forcibly sterilizing people is this is what is happening two million people are in these camps now I ask you why haven't we heard this story on the news today she was in our country she was talking about a country that we are currently trying to decide what do we do on trade with that country. We are currently having a conversation about, oh, well, China, China is the new model. That's what you will hear from, from leaders all over the world. That's the new model, is it? Is that the new model? Is this the model we want? While we are talking about socialism, Communism, totalitarianism. This is what communism looks like as our kids are being indoctrinated that communism wasn't so bad, that socialism isn't so bad. Well, they didn't grow up during the Cold War. No, they're growing up right now where two million people are being tortured. And we're talking about, I'm sorry, the refugees on the border? The refugees that broke uh, through the gates and the walls of Mexico, the ones that the Mexicans are saying are invaders and we don't want them here, and the ones who are trying to break into our border and say they don't care about our laws, we're talking about those people instead of the people who are currently being crucified, being set on fire, or are in re-education camps in China. You see, when you see the news, they've gone so far off the rails that nothing rings true anymore. There is no righteous indignation that you could possibly drum up on what's happening on our border right now. There is no righteous indignation. Because maybe there are a few people, but as NBC is reporting, the vast majority do not have a case for refugee status or asylum. Maybe some of the women and children. Maybe. But this is all about politics. This is all about politics and control. That's all it's about. You will have so much credibility when you don't make it about politics. I don't care if it's President Obama or President Trump. What's happening in the world is wrong right now. We're not talking about the right things. We're not focused on, well, let me just leave it at this. If you're struggling, I don't know if there is a God. Where is God? You're not going to find him in this fight. You're not going to find him in this political fight in Washington. You're not going to find him. Because that's all bogus political struggle. The struggles they're talking about now, have you seen the STEM scores? Women are now... Equal in all STEM graduation uh, uh, diplomas, and in some cases, more than equal. That's not a real plight. All oh, women education and that's not a real plight. That's not plight. That's not real. So you won't find God on those fake things. You will find God. In the midst of human suffering, let's find God. Let's concentrate on actual human suffering.
0: It's Wednesday, November 28th. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: Is it incredible that this woman came to Washington yesterday? To tell her story. Have you heard that story anywhere? No. I've not heard it at all. This affects everything. Amnesty International. You know Amnesty International has come out against Google? Did you hear that story? Yesterday, Amnesty International came out along with the Google employees and said, you've got to stop Dragonfly. Stop participating in Dragonfly. Now, when I say that, What do most people think? I mean... What's Dragonfly? Yeah, probably. What's Dragonfly? Mm -hmm. I don't even know what Dragonfly is. Dragonfly is Google's partnership with China for complete monitoring and filtering of the internet and spying on people. You do a Google search? Great. What is the Google search? What are they searching for? What is their online? Well, give, give me the give me the uh, the metadata. Uh, but I want to know. I want names connected to everything. Dragonfly is helping them round people up in their nice little re-education camps. Amnesty International yesterday sided with the Google employees and said. This has got to stop. Google, what are you doing? Stop it. You are hurting actual human beings for what? For money? You're on the winning side. If you feel like I do, you're on the winning side. History will remember you as somebody who stood up. You're on the winning side. Let me give you another, give you another story. Uh, Minority report seems to be coming to life. The West Midlands police in uh, the metropolitan county of West Midlands in England. uh, Has now begun and launched their pre-crime software. Called the National Data Analytics Solution. I love things when when, when when they have national and solution in the title. I love that. Always works. Always works. Five-year plans. It uses a blend of AI, citywide smart cameras, and statistics to evaluate the risk of someone committing or becoming a victim of violent crime. We are now looking at, as the Alan Turing Institute says, serious ethical issues. It may be good intentioned, but is this right to do to start to
2: round people up to stop them from crime that they have not committed? Is that really what they're suggesting? Yes. I mean, because I mean, there's stuff there's stuff called predictive policing, which has helped Mm -hmm. uh, fight crime rates quite a bit. In which, you know, certain areas they know are high crime, they set police officers in before the crimes occur, things like that, which actually have been effective in the United States. That's different, though, than, than rounding so somebody up before they've committed a this, crime. They have 1,400 potential indicators for crime, uh,
1: including 30 important ones, they say. Machine learning algorithms then take the data points, and they learn how to detect crime while analyzing video from smart cameras. Now, this is predictive policing. However... They uh, are identifying and sniffing out already known criminals and those who look like they may be on the road to becoming a criminal (laughs) and divert them with therapeutic interventions.
2: Hmm. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Therapeutic interventions. Yes. With support from local
1: health or social workers. So... You may have to go to the hospital. You may need to have some psychiatric help. You know what? We have a reeducation center for you. This is not good.
2: No, uh, the the thing that's interesting about that too is when you see these minority report type worlds or um uh, to maybe a higher quality film demolition man um but the, but like when they have those futuristic worlds everyone says in their mind oh well that's a world i don't want right that's a, that's a terrible world where people are getting arrested for things they didn't do but in in, in, reality, in reality it's a lot tougher to detect than that because the thing is minority report was right like almost all the time and it's going to be f- it's going to be Yes, we looked at the Tom Cruise example because he's the star of the movie, but the rest of society was quite happy with yes. this with this thing. yes, and, and that is what is difficult it's what's difficult with technology. Mm-hmm. We're quite happy with our nice little thermostat we can control from our phone. We're mm-hmm. quite happy with uh, the in-home panopticon. Uh, it just, you know, I don't know. It's in reality, it leads to really bad things. Long-term. I'm going to show
1: you why you are on the winning side here in just a second. First, let me tell you about my Patriot supply. When you are looking to, uh, prepare for the future, you put money in a 401k or an IRA. You store jumper cables in your vehicle. Uh, you purchase medical insurance, right? You're preparing. You're a prepper. Yeah. Yeah. I've got cables for the battery. I've, I've got insurance in case something goes wrong. Um, It all makes sense. The same thing with food storage. You're just preparing for a time when an emergency or a disaster or a money disaster strikes your your house and the shelves go empty at your grocery store or your pantry. The best way to prepare is with my Patriot Supply. And right now they're offering the lowest price of the year on two popular emergency food kits. Go to my special website, it's preparewithglen.com and see them both and order. These f- kits include breakfast, lunch, and dinners that last up to 25 years in storage. Our grandparents used to store them in, in mason jars. You know, squirrels, every, every animal <laughs> tries to store stuff up. Well, why are we not doing that? Well, because we think it'll always be this way. Well, it's not bumps in the road prepare with com. go there now prepare with com.
3: glenn Beck.
1: hey our last two tour stops of the year orlando and tampa we are looking forward to seeing tampa on friday orlando on saturday grab your tickets it's a fun fun night uh go to Glenbeck.com slash tour trust me take your wife or husband even if they don't really like they'll love the show slash tour We'll see you Friday and Saturday, Tampa, and then Orlando. slash tour
0: This is the Glenn Beck program.
1: Bring Pat Gray in from uh, Pat Gray Unleashed. I I I, I want to get Pat's opinion on something. We were talking about uh, how the left is now exploiting what's happening on the uh, on the border. Um, And they're exploiting these people by saying that they're real. Oh, they have, you know, they have financial of plight. They're they're financial refugees. Well, they don't have any more problems for the most part than what many Americans do. Mm -hmm. Many Americans are fighting for their lives economically. Okay, many Americans. So it, it just rings hollow, especially when you're saying, you know, you need amnesty no, no, that's not what amnesty is for. Amnesty is for people with real problems. And when you see what happened with a woman in uh, Washington, D.C. that came from China to talk about what's happening in these concentration camps yesterday that nobody covered, real torture, two million people in concentration camps. And she said she
4: begged them to kill her because she, she, well, they tortured her three yeah. separate times. they They caught her several times. And she, she didn't want to go through it again, so she begged them to kill
1: her instead. Uh, that's pretty amazing. That's amazing, and nobody's really talking about that. Nope. This is why you know you're on the winning side in the end because you are actually for human. Su- you're not for it, but you're standing against real human suffering, real mm-hmm. torture, real refugees, real problems, real for- racism, real racism. Last night in Mississippi. They found a bunch of nooses around the state capitol. Oh, those oh Republicans. Gosh. No, it was Democrats. It was oh. a it was a Democratic rally that thought it would be really clever to hold up nooses to show how much the other side is racist. Are you out of your mind? Oh my gosh. So Jeez. it's not real plight. It's just not real plight. And people are beginning to feel this. And and even the hardest among Did you see this picture of the car that was on Pine Street in San Francisco two days ago? And a giant light pole, one of those big metal light poles, actually came crashing down on the hood of a car. If the guy would have been three feet further in the road, it would have killed him and crushed him to death. A gigantic metal light pole just fell. Nobody hit it. Nothing. Well, they went and found out why did the light pole fall? Any idea why? The metal Gravity. The metal was Thank you, Pat. <laughs> That's a great answer. The He's metal right. the metal was eroded mm-hmm. and corroded from human urine. Oh
2: wow. Oh my gosh. That's how that's how the Grand Canyon was formed too. Uh,
4: <laughs> human urine, yeah, yeah, human urine. Yeah, Is that crazy? Of- Is that crazy? A lot of people with bowel problems.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. A <laughs> lot of people. Jeez. So right now they're they're working on. Wow. We've got to build more bathrooms for the homeless. We have to do X, Y, and Z. No, no, stop it, stop it. You're creating your own problems, and those aren't actual problems. Those mm. are those are problems with people making really bad choices that's what's happening and there's a difference between you know people who are being beheaded people who are being tortured in in concentration camps in china mm-hmm. and what we're actually talking about well you've got
4: you know numbskulls like uh, alexandria ocasio-cortez comparing what's going on at the border right now oh, to I the holocaust it's unbelievable did you see lindsey graham's response to that yeah. brilliant yeah You need to tour the the Holocaust Museum, Mm -hmm. and that might help teach you the difference between Mm -hmm. the two. Uh, Nothing could be more true than that. Where's the
2: ADL on that? Oh, that's amazing every time never every, every freaking time, time you and this is i mean this happened to you a 100 times 100 times you'd make one reference about the holocaust which almost always was a warning against another massive group yeah, being murdered which is exactly murdered. what
4: was supposed to happen right. i
2: thought we're supposed never to again.
4: remember to
2: never do that again yeah you're yeah. supposed to look for the signs so right. it never happens again it was never i don't think you ever used the reference when it came to uh tear gas I don't think no, you ever I don't no. think I don't think one no. child being hit with tear gas no. ever, ever warranted no. a Nazi comparison no. and for the you.
1: ADL would always come out and say you're dis- you're diminishing yeah, right. what happened right. Are, comparing it to tear gas it's like
2: Isis you compare it to, like oh, to to, to Hitler and you'd get a ADL uh, slap on your wrist unbelievable and then she comes out and says does this nothing uh-huh. Nothing
4: and really a direct
1: comparison between the two. Well, the good news is that we are we're going to have some algorithms that are going to help us out. I don't know if you saw this, but Google, you know how they have the um, you know how they have the thing where you're writing a letter to somebody and it gives you three words in the boxes and you just click on those. Yeah. Uh, Well, Google is teaching the algorithms now uh, what's appropriate, what's not. They are removing now Miss, Mr. Ms. And misses. Oh
4: yeah, all all pronouns that are gender
1: specific. Yeah, he, she. They're not going to suggest that because it's offensive uh, to suggest that that person might be a he or a she. So they're removing all of those. So we're teaching all these machines to do wonderful things, wonderful things to help us. How do we survive this? <laughs> it's kind of kind of been
4: my question of late: is how uh, because every day it gets worse, right? Every every day it seems like there's something. More insane than the day before. And and just when you thought that it, it's gotten as insane as it
1: possibly could be, it gets more insane. Okay, so may I suggest uh, an answer to that? Yes. Um, based on my experience in life, I was at a point where my life was completely out of control. And there was no way to survive. And I really had death from just drinking myself to death or suicide. That was it. Those were the only logical things. It got so bad. I was there for a long time until I decided, okay, everything I've tried to do doesn't work. And what's getting in the way is my pride. I'm not an alcoholic. M- maybe I should. Uh, m- maybe I should swallow that pride a little bit and then get. Get up what's going to save us is in the darkest uh, God is found in the midst of human suffering so when we are all suffering he will be there this is not real suffering this is not real suffering real suffering is happening in the Middle East real suffering is happening in China it's happening in Burma it's it's happening in Africa it's happening in Venezuela that's when things can change but we're 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 convincing ourselves we're suffering when we're not. All the stats show we are we are so incredibly blessed. Blessed more than any other human ever alive at any other time in all of history. And we are suffering? No, we're not. No we're not. So you think it can't happen until we hit rock bottom? We're gonna hit rock bottom, and uh that's when, you know, I, I, I will I know that, but I will it tell sucks. you this on the other side. Remember, oh, my gosh, this is mm-hmm. getting scary, guys. Remember, I'm the guy who counts the light votes on the way to the iceberg on the Titanic. You don't want me there. <laughs> Holy cow. When things get bad, that's when I'm most optimistic. Let me just say something really optimistic. This is spooky for me. Mm-hmm. Um, God, there is no waste. There's no waste with him. None. It's not like, oh, crap, I got all that now. What am I going to do with that? He uses it. So no matter where we are, no matter how bad it is, it's going to be used for good. It's going to be used for good. So I don't know how it all ends. Oh, I do. But I don't know how it all, I don't know everything that happens between now and then. But I know that when we are humbled and I know that we remember who we really are and we stop looking at Our suffering and start looking at other people's suffering. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Let's
4: do that before we hit rock bottom. That's how do we get to that point? Let's do that before the rock
1: bottom comes. I think people are starting to. I think this thing with the border, mm-hmm. I think it's waking people up. I hope I think, so. I think people are seeing this. There's the, the the press is actually to the point now where they are telling you, deny reality. Deny what you see. Except for, on, and we
4: played this yesterday, except for that one reporter, that lone reporter on MSNBC. Yeah. And who I can't said, believe he still has a I job. I can't either. In fact, I haven't. I don't. I don't watch no, MSNBC enough to no, know he's, if he's still he's there. there. He, he is did, it, still there. We
1: have the tape of what he said yesterday. Mm. He did an amazing thing about women and children, and now people are now going home. Did he
2: really listen to this? Most of the members of this caravan. Uh, this is a line for single men that you can see, and it stretches uh, much longer as it does every single morning. Uh, many of these men tell okay. us that they okay, heard in Honduras second. that it would stop be easy to. I
1: I want you to know, he starts starts this with women and children. And he says, let me show you the women and children. And it's this line of women and children. Uh And then that line stops. And there's another line for men. And he (laughs) says, this one, there's the women and children. This line continues to grow. And the entire time he's doing this, that line is next to him. And the women and children line is way in the distance. Okay. But then listen to what he says.
2: Cross into the United States. Some of them told us that they had heard that there were programs, work programs, that they would be eligible for. And so now that they are here in Tijuana and they have realized that it is very difficult to to get into the United States, especially after uh, what happened on Sunday, some of them are deciding to turn back. In fact, I want to show you this over here. Uh, This is a tent that's been set up by uh, a bunch of different governmental agencies here in Mexico. Uh, But this is where people come if they want to go back to Honduras or Guatemala or el salvador these are people uh, that have decided uh, that it is time to go back and that they don't have the opportunities that they wanted here
1: okay so what he's saying is now yesterday were 80 people and that's you know that's 80 people it's not a lot but it's great 80 people went there to sign up and he, he was saying that they felt lied to because they were told that things were different well who told them that see this is the part where Victims. Mm -hmm. These people are victims, but who is victimizing them? Who was telling him those things in Honduras? Who is telling them now and pushing the women and children to the front of the cameras?
2: I have my guesses. You should watch last night's TV show if you want to yeah. hear some of them. Yeah. Tell me that's not one of your guesses as well. Yeah. Um, but well, it's, it's not, by the way, it's not a guess on our part. Well, it's a guess on who's telling them necessarily these details. We don't yes. know that. I would say that it's interesting too, and this is something that I think we can do better sometimes as conservatives, and that we talk about these things and we get so frustrated about the media coverage and how. They're telling us basically what you're seeing with your own eyes isn't real. That th- it is. This is part of the story. Some of the people who have come up in this caravan are not looking to overrun the United States. They were told something completely, completely different, different, and now are in a position where they're a hundred miles over, you know, a thousand miles away from home, and, and can't do anything about it. Luckily, now they have these tents, and there will be even if it's ten or twenty percent. That is a significant number of people that w- that re- return, and and that is by something the way, to, those those tents are a Mexican in. government. Good. I mean, the
1: Mexican
4: government saying, uh, come on home, go back uh, home. There was at least one person not lying to him the whole time, and that guy's name was Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. He told yeah. them not over to come. You will mm-hmm. not be
1: allowed in. But over and over and over again, and the, this will last for a long time. They will go home, and they will tell people, "No, they're not screwing around."
2: Right? And there's no way to win, right? Did you hear this? The latest. Um, remember when uh, Donald quick. Trump was uh, cap, he was uh, detaining all these women and children? Yes, yes. He's now being sued. The government's now being sued for sixty million dollars from one of the migrants. And you say, "Oh, were they treating her badly?" No, she's suing because they released her too quickly. <laughs> The problem was her daughter had a respiratory mm-hmm. illness and they released her before she was well and she wound up dying. Mm-hmm. And now they're getting now the government's mm-hmm. getting sued for releasing the migrants too quickly. Unbelievable. Unfricking wow. Unfrickin
1: believable. Wow. All right. Thank you very much. And by the way, next hour, I am going to expose uh, a piece that was on television, local television uh, in San Diego that you're not seeing anywhere. And it's. Fascinating, and tells you absolutely everything you need to know. That's coming up next hour. Stand by. Sponsor of this half hour is Relief Factor. I got to tell you, Relief Factor has changed my life. Relief Factor is something that actually my wife convinced me to start taking about a year ago. It was right around Christmas time, and she said, "Just take it for three weeks," because I was at the end of my rope. I just couldn't handle the the pain anymore. Um, and if you live in pain. Uh, I know what it feels like, and you're just like, I, I can't do it another day. I can't get up and do it another day. So what are you gonna do? Well, you can go to the doctor and they'll give you a bunch of stuff that will that doesn't make the pain go away, it just makes you not care about it, but it also makes you not care about the rest of life. One hundred percent drug free, created by doctors, four key ingredients that help you uh, it strengthen your body to fight against inflammation. Inflammation is a biggest problem. Inflammation can lead to cancer and pain and all kinds of stuff. So sleeping through the night, neck, shoulder, back, hip, knee, foot pain, whatever you have, you can get out of pain and you can do the things that you want. Try it. Do three weeks. If it doesn't work, you're out 20 bucks. If it does work, you have your life back. 70% of the people who try this order month after month after month. So please, call 800-500-8384. Give yourself an early Christmas present. Give your life back next year. 800-500-8384 or relieffactor.com. I have a guest on next who I think hates my guts. Um, I'm not really sure. I know he used to. Uh, He's written some really nasty things about me in the past. I, I, I honestly don't care. And I didn't even remember it until somebody on my staff said, I remember that name for some reason years ago looked him up <laughs> we were laughing last night we were like oh my gosh yeah he hated me those little disagree those little things wind up being so so stupid so stupid so stupid so, stupid. so um I, I don't know if he hates me or not and I don't care I mean I don't care what he, I don't care what he wrote here's what I do care he's right about something right now mm-hmm. uh, important something very something important something really important mm-hmm. and uh I, we have to put our differences aside This is a guy who's a conservative and has disagreed with me for a long time, I guess. Uh, And I don't really care. I don't really care. He's right about this and his voice needs to be heard. So let's put any differences aside uh, and uh, and let's make progress. Let's. Can we come I together?
2: Like the use of the word progress in that particular. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I listen to this one show that's always warning about progressives. Uh, oh my yeah. god, whining yeah. about Woodrow Wilson every freaking oh day. Oh my gosh, it's uh, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, it's uh, it's true. Like these are this is really important, and uh, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we can do this because me too. It, and I, I don't even. It know feels it. like one of those things we can actually solve too. It's one of, it's not it's unlike it does. It feels like something solvable and really really important.
1: Mm-hmm. Really important. So you'll be joining us in just a second. Stand by. All right, let me tell you about our uh, sponsor this uh, half hour. It's a way for you to actually uh,
2: not help the organizations you would never help in normal life if you knew about it right uh planned parenthood uh, uh, global warming organizations anti-second amendment organizations all being funded by big mobile companies tens of millions of dollars flow from your cell phone bill every month to these organizations and <laughs> you're not doing it you don't even know about it no and, and, and here's the thing patriot mobile they actually allow you to pick who,
1: who are you going to give the money to
2: who you want to give the money to i don't know freedom Uh, Patriot Mobile. They're all conservative organizations. I think they work with 17 of them. And they, uh, they have a great, you have great service. You don't have to sacrifice anything when it comes to the service or the quality. You get great prices as well for the entire month of November. You can get, buy one line, get one uh, free for 12 months. Well, It's easy to switch. PatriotMobile.com. PatriotMobile.com slash blaze or 1-800-A-PATRIOT. Use the code FREELINE. Glenn Beck. The left literally needs... A bullet point list to
1: understand reality anymore. They really do. The media has been so dishonest in their reporting of the caravan that the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen has come out with a point by point list dispelling a number of lies being circulated. This is crazy. They are actually asking you now to deny your own eyes and to deny reality. If you're watching mainstream media. Point number one, this caravan has shown violent elements throughout its journey here. In Nielsen's words, I refuse to believe that anyone honestly maintains that attacking law enforcement with rocks and projectiles is acceptable. It's shocking that I have to explain this, but officers can't can't be serious, uh, can be seriously or fatally injured in such attacks. Self-defense isn't debatable for most law abiding Americans, end quote. Point number two, the caravan is far larger and more organized than previous ones. There are 8,500 caravan members in Tijuana and Mexicali. There are reports now of additional caravans on the way. Three, most of the people in the caravan are not eligible for asylum. Four, most of the caravan and members are men. And as we've seen, some of the women and children are being used as human shields. Point number five. It turns out, yes, there are quite a few criminals mixed in with the caravan. At this point, they have confirmed that they now have 600 convicted criminals traveling with the caravan flow. What a surprise. This includes individuals known to law enforcement for assault, battery, drug crimes, burglary, rape, child abuse, and more. This is serious. Additionally, Mexico has already arrested 100 caravan members for criminal violations in Mexico. Six. Non-lethal force, also used 1,600 times on the border by the Obama administration, was necessary. We will not shy away from protecting our people. I can, uh, uh, I ask parents to avoid violent caravan groups and refrain from attempting to illegally enter our country. These acts will put your children in danger. Do we have to say these things? Nielsen went on to unequivocally thank President Trump for his unwavering stance in the border, despite dishonest media coverage meant to sway public opinion. Maybe the president should wear an Obama mask next month uh, because that would dis- diffuse the situation because Obama did all of these things except much, much worse. And no one had a problem with it.
0: It's Wednesday, November 28th. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: I don't know if you read the Washington Free Beacon, but it is something you should read every single day. It is—it's really tremendous in its coverage. It gives you uh, real depth and real stories uh, and truth, uh, at least the way I—the way I view it. Uh, the editor in chief of the Washington Free Beacon is uh, Matthew Continetti, uh, and he wrote a story uh, called "Asia Bibi and the First Freedom." And I read it over the holiday and I wanted to uh, talk to Matthew because he is absolutely right on this. It's a little bit of a history lesson, but it is also really important that instead of talking about refugees that are coming here because they want you know, free education in the United States, we're talking about refugees that are actually in danger, that we're not helping. And God only knows why. Matthew, welcome to the program. How are you?
5: I'm well, thank you for having me.
1: You bet. Uh, so, so talk to me a little bit about
5: uh, Asia Bibi. Sure. Asia Bibi is a 55-year-old Pakistani woman. She's a mother of five, and she's a practicing Catholic. Uh, about eight years ago, she got into a dispute with uh, some of her co-workers in her rural village in Pakistan over basically sharing a pitcher of water. And in the course of that argument, she made some sarcastic comments about uh, Muhammad, the the prophet of Islam. And uh, because of those comments, uh, she was accused and found guilty of blasphemy. And she was imprisoned uh, and put on death row until just uh, last October, when the Pakistani Supreme Court finally said that there was no evidence uh, for this charge and acquitted her. But the story doesn't end there, Glenn. She's been in hiding ever since because uh, the reaction among the Islamic fundamentalists in Pakistan has been so severe it's led to riots, death threats. She's been in hiding, her family in hiding, uh, as her lawyer is attempting to find some Western government uh, to secure her freedom. And so, fortunately, that hasn't happened yet.
1: Okay, so can you give me any insight at all beside extreme cowardice or... The loss of the West of why this isn't happening. I mean, the, the statement from the UK is, you know, we, you know, there are elements that we, you know, might cause problems. And so we just, we're not going to br- we're not going to bring her in. Basically, what they were saying was, we're afraid of our own population, uh, that are, that is Muslim, uh, because they might rise up and cause all kinds of problems here. So we got to not do the right thing here. So yeah. can, can it- you tell me? besides cowardice or loss of the West, why this is, why she's not been accepted someplace?
5: Those are two pretty compelling reasons. I'd say maybe the third reason could be, and it's hard to get the the facts here, uh, especially reporting from Washington since her lawyer has been in Europe uh, for the past uh, several weeks. And uh, in fact, when he arrived in Europe, there in the Netherlands, there were riots there. And so just proving what you were saying, wow. that a, a lot of Islamic fundamentalists who live in Europe uh, are just as uh, potentially violent as the ones in Pakistan. Um, it may be that, that her team is trying to get others out as well. And, um, and so that might be some complication, but really, I don't know. I know that um, Senator... Rand Paul has raised this issue with the president, and um, un- unfortunately, though there's been no other signs of activity upon uh, on the part of the White House um, to to get Asia Bibi out. I know also that Canada is um, looking into this and Australia as well. So I still hold hope uh, that she might be able to, she and her family might be able to escape what is a dire situation in Pakistan. But but we really just. Um, don't know at this point. Talking to uh,
1: Matthew Continetti of uh, the Free Beacon, freebeacon.com paper, or or a site that you should visit every day and read, um, about Asia, uh, Bibi, so it it concerns me a great deal that the United States—here we have a Catholic who is— Whose whose only crime is I won't convert to Islam. (laughs) I I won't. That's if you read the decision from the Supreme Court in Pakistan, they were very clear that this was a travesty of justice nine years ago. Uh, And uh, and we're not stepping to the plate. We should be the first. Are there is there any idea of why it's not happening here? Why? Why isn't anyone in the administration? all of a sudden just rising up and saying this is a great way to show here's the real plight of somebody who needs a ref uh, you know refuge and and the difference between her and what's happening on the border
5: you're right i mean uh, offering her asylum uh, would do exactly that it would say you know we we are resisting the uh legal entry of the caravans from Central America, but that does not mean the United States is opposed to people truly deserving mm-hmm. of uh, refugee and asylum, and she is one of them. Uh, again, it's just unclear why the United States has been relatively lax. This would also, by the way, it would show that uh, the Trump administration is standing up for yes. you know basic freedoms, the freedom to practice your religion, the freedom of speech, uh, at a time when it's coming under uh, criticism uh, for, you know, its um, I, I think uh, reasoned um, uh, stance toward our alliance with Saudi Arabia, despite this this killing of this this journalist. But granting Asia Bibi um, asylum would say, look, we still, even though we're making this compromise with the Saudis, we are still. Um, going and protecting the freedom of, of this Catholic woman, Asia Bibi.
1: And it, what's interesting to me is you talk about the importance of religion as the, the first freedom. you go into that a little bit?
5: Yeah, I, I mean, reflecting on this case at a time of uh, our national Thanksgiving made me just um, remember how important religious freedom is to this country and to the world. And in fact, I do believe it is the first freedom. Uh, America was built on religious dissenters. <laughs> the, uh, many of the original colonies were founded by people who were fleeing some sort of religious oppression. Uh, you see in all of our founding documents the importance of religion and um, morality and the idea that America has a pla- is, is a place where people can work out their relations with God unafraid of um, uh, civil um you know, uh, repression. And so a case like Asia Biba brings us all into relief. You know we've for the past half century in America, we've been having this debate um, over the place of religion in public life. and unfortunately, in my view, believers have been kind of backed into a corner. But when we have uh, power and we do have political power today, I think we should use it to reaffirm America's freedoms and and especially this one. And by by showing that America is a place for, for freedom of religion and freedom of speech. And so that's why this case is important. And I also say, too, Glenn, in the column, that why is religious freedom the first freedom? It's because it contains all of the other freedoms within it, right? I mean... Uh, to to be to practice your religion freely, you need to also to have the right to uh, associate right so you need to have have the right to meet with with your co-religionists. you need to have the freedom of speech because how else are you going to engage in your religion or spread the word and if if you happen to belong to a proselytizing faith uh, and you also it implies in it a limited government because once you assert the religious freedom. The, you then uh, basically make the demand that this is an area where government will not be able to interfere. And so you kind of get into the foundations of our Constitution. So this is truly an important part of the American experience. And I, I'm, I think we, we've done a good, good job communicating that to, to, to people over the years, but we can always do more.
1: Matthew, one last uh, question. Uh, the uh, woman, the, the uh, Uyghur that came in from China that was horribly horribly tortured in one of these concentration camps where now two million people are being held in china she went uh yesterday to washington to try to get people to pay attention you're not finding this anywhere um here's another religious minority that is being wiped out i mean it is genocide attempted genocide in uh in in china why is it nobody's nobody's talking about that
5: You know, I think Sam Brownback, um, former senator from a former governor who is now in charge of our commission on religious freedom, is trying to draw some attention to this. I do believe Marco Rubio um, on his Twitter feed in particular talks a lot about this very uh, uh, chilling system of repression within China. Uh, China is perhaps one of the leading forces of uh, religious oppression in the world today, um, and and it's not just Muslims and the Uyghurs. Oh, in, in the in the western provinces are are Muslims. It's also Christians, and yes. um, you we know, we need to spend a lot of time talking about that too, because it's not it's it's um, the, this arrangement that the, it, the government has made with the Catholic Church, but also of course the Protestant churches are under um, threat in China as well. So uh, again, and this is uh, this goes into a larger question. You're absolutely right. I, I fear that the the administration is not using one of the most important tools in its disposal, and that is its advocacy of human freedom, mm-hmm. and and that is something that the United States uh, has has stood for uh, in our relations with other, the rest of the world. Now it's way it's, it's way we, we, we collapsed the Soviet Union. I mean, part of the main reasons. Right. Yeah, absolutely right. And we use religious freedom in particular. Yes. It? it doesn't mean that we're kind of woolly-headed, utopian mm-hmm. thinkers, right? Um, it doesn't mean that we believe that human rights extend to, you know, the right to a job or the right to single-payer sure. health care. It, it means that we believe in the basic rights, the the right to practice your religion, the right to exercise your conscience. These are the foundations of our Western civilization. And it's the way, as you say, Ronald Reagan won the Cold War. So I just, I, I, I pray that yeah. one day Donald Trump will recognize yeah. that he has these tools at his disposal as he confronts China, as he confronts um, Islamic, uh, repressive Islamic states like Iran and, and indeed, in some cases, Pakistan.
1: Matthew, thank you very much. I appreciate it and appreciate you coming on and uh, all the work you guys do at the, uh, at the Free Beacon. Thank you so much. Thank you. you bet. Matthew, uh, Matthew Continetti uh, from the Washington Free Beacon. Car Shield is our sponsor this half hour when it comes to repairing your car uh, and you don't have a warranty anymore it sucks doesn't it it sucks you want, you're able to for, you know fork over a $1000 for repair my son-in-law had a sensor go it cost him $5000 now I had a similar problem mine was I think it was 6 7 I, I don't know somewhere in that area the reason why I don't know is Car Shield took care of it. He didn't have Car Shield. You cannot put a price on your family's safety and security on the road, but uh, you only got so deep of a wallet. Car
2: Shield will make the process of fixing your car for a covered repair super easy. Did you say this is your son-in-law. Yeah, Tim. You, and you let someone who didn't get Car Shield. You let them marry your daughter. I oh mean, that. Gosh. what kind of father are you? Let them. I, I mean, someone who's questions. not thinking had, ahead like that? Yeah, I, I, I have, don't understand. I have, have you?
1: questioned that wisdom uh, okay. quite a bit. I want to make
2: sure you're quite. at least
5: questioning
1: yourself. <laughs> anyway, uh, they also have 24-7 roadside assistance and rental car while yours is being fixed. It's all free. Uh, if your car has 5,000 miles, 150,000 miles. doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you have to pay high repair bills. Car Shield. They've already paid out about $2 billion in claims, and they're ready to help you. Save yourself thousands in future car repairs. Get covered with carshield 1-800-CAR-6100 mention the promo code beck or visit carshield.com and use the promo code beck and you'll save 10% that's carshield.com promo code beck or 800-CAR-6100 promo code beck deductible may apply We are so glad that you joined us today. By the way, we're going to be in uh, Tampa and Orlando on Friday. You don't want to miss that. Friday in Tampa, Saturday in Orlando. You can get the tickets to come see the show. It's a lot of fun uh, on uh, at Glenbeck.com slash tour. Uh, Stu and I will be there. David Barton is actually joining us. Uh, Well, if you want to uh, grab tickets, you can do that at glenbeck.com slash tour, or if uh, we'll give a couple of pairs away. One pair to uh, Tampa, one pair to Orlando. If you want to win your tickets, call us now, 888-727-BECK. Trump, here's a big story um, today that's going around, that Trump is uh, threatening to end subsidies to GM for electric cars over the layoffs. Oh my gosh. I'm kind of pissed that we're still subsidizing those pieces of crap. Whether they lay
2: people off or not, stop subsidizing. Right. Stop subsidizing. Why are we subsidizing GM in the first place? Now, I don't know the process on that exactly. Like how, okay, I mean, is the, does the president have the power to do that? He may. I just don't know exactly. I don't remember how that came about. But those subsidies are ridiculous. You're paying, um, you know, in some cases $7,500 to people who are buying electric cars. And the average person who buys an electric car makes six figures. So we're subsidizing rich people's car purchases, so stupid. which is completely insane, so stupid. so stupid, but so typical of our government.
1: So while GM and other car companies have spoken out against the rising production costs caused by the Trump, administrators, uh, Trump administration's protectionist tariffs, a spokesperson for GM told the Blaze News that the layoffs and plant closures are, quote, being made as part of an ongoing transformation and are not related to recent trade or tariff decisions, end quote. I applaud GM for doing. I don't like the layoffs. It's going to cause all kinds of problem. I I am aware of the plight of the workers. However, separate that emotionally from GM. GM, our problem with these automakers is they've always bowed to the labor unions and have always done the wrong thing because of the labor unions. Well, here they are saying things are about to change and they are GM will either be closed or an entirely different kind of company by 2030.
2: Yeah, they now believe it will no longer be a car company they and really do. And, and as strange as that sounds is they they no longer think they can compete with ma- mainly Japanese uh, sedans and such. And they're going to stop building cars and only do SUVs and trucks. And but and, and even that is even that is is short term thinking.
1: Yeah. They are also long term thinking. That by in the 2030s, they are not going to be building individual cars, but fleets. And they're not they don't even know if they'll be called cars anymore. They're more of a pod and they're they're, you know, driverless cars. They're way ahead of everyone else. They're way ahead of Tesla on on uh, their uh, ability to navigate the roads. The only thing really that GM is waiting for is the 5G network. When that happens, cars completely change. They completely change. And GM is on the cutting edge. Mm -hmm. Good. They will create more jobs in the long run. And we should not be subsidizing any company. That's not the government's place. Back in a minute. Oh, welcome to the program. I'm so glad that you're here. I want to play some audio that I, I want you to really listen to and I want you to share this with friends. This is audio from CBS 8 in San Diego. So the um, uh, San Ysidra area is is right out of San Diego and it's right where the, the migrants were um, uh, trying to break the border on Sunday. I want you to listen to this report and tell me what's What's different or what, what you haven't heard before? Again, local coverage from CBS 8. Listen carefully.
3: More than 100 Mexican citizens stormed the border trying to
6: cross into the United States.
3: It happened on Sunday near the San Ysidro port of entry and it was caught on video. You can see Border Patrol agents being pelted with rocks as they tried to turn back the crowd.
6: CBS News 8's Phil Blower is live in San Ysidro with what's being called a border rush. Phil
0: Barbara and Carlo, we want to thank the Border Patrol tonight for giving us exclusive access to this point. Just feet away from where this incident took place, as you mentioned, on Sunday afternoon. Now, we're also getting our first look at video that was shot by somebody who was in the crowd. Fortunately, cool heads by agents prevails, and there was no lethal force used. (laughs)
1: Okay, what's different than that from all the other coverage you've heard?
2: I mean, I, I would say it was... It was painted in a positive. Was it a conservative station? It was a po- it was painted in a positive light. The border patrol was seen as, OK, they had restraint. Uh, they didn't use lethal force. These are good things. Right. Yeah. So I, I just as I was listening to it, I just jotted down a few things
1: that are different. First of all, they said it was 100, not 1, mm-hmm. a okay. thousand. We we know it's a thousand. They said it was 100. Then they said uh, this is a border rush. I hadn't heard that before. A border rush. OK. Um and then they thank the border patrol and mm-hmm. cool heads by the border patrol that only launched tear gas saved the day from this really getting violent no one was hurt right okay mm-hmm. well there's a bigger thing that's different here this happened on uh, on Sunday but this this happened on a Sunday in 2013 this is a report of what was called a border rush. And that's important to understand. A border rush. Why did they call it a border rush? Well, you have to listen to a later report on the same incident where they were doing an interview with the border patrol in the area. What's a border rush?
0: Listen. Gabe Pacheco says he has no doubt the event was staged to put the agency in a bad light. He says if the organizers try to create a similar scenario in the future, the outcome may be much different.
1: So to put someone into that situation, it's you're playing a risky game. And so at the end of the day, our agents will do what it takes to go home, and they need to go
0: home with families. Now we're also told that the group tried to get others to rush the border in the Otay Mesa area, but that never happened.
1: Hmm. OK, the group it was the group. Because the group also tried to get them to do a border rush in Mesa. In looking into this, first of all, what did he just say? This was staged. To make the border patrol or to, quote, put the border patrol in a bad light. It was staged and they tried it at other locations. Gee, I wonder if we're being played. Now, last night, we told you on the the, uh, five o'clock report that uh, George Soros now his fingerprints can be put on this uh, caravan. We have told you in the past that we had no evidence that any of the organizations that he runs or funds was involved Um, Because there was no evidence of that until they got to Mexico. And the New York Times yesterday actually verified this. They didn't verify the George Soros connection, because, of course, that's anti-Semitic to do that. But they verified who the organizers were of this. They're the same organizers that organized the last uh, caravan. Now, I'm not sure that they were involved at the beginning, but they are certainly at the end here. They are the ones providing all of the buses. This same San Diego station showed evidence of them getting on the buses. Uh, We have a guy who's going to be on with us uh, in a few minutes who went down into the caravan, saw it all, documented it all, can tell you exactly who the organizers are. Well, the lead organizer is a guy who works for a uh, a, a, um, a non, uh, you know, a, a, a um, You're saying the NGO, NGO yeah. uh, that is
2: receiving money from George Soros. Same exact guy, by the way, that was yep. organizing the previous Same caravan. Guy. Same exact guy is on, on scene uh, coordinating, working with the uh, organization. They're doing all sorts of logistics for the caravan. It's the the same story. And and they are open
1: borders group. They want open borders. Now, I don't know if this is the group that in 2013 was staging these things, but someone was staging these things and trying to figure out how can we put the uh, Americans and our border patrol in bad light. I'm telling you right now. If this isn't solved, if we don't stand fierce on this, if we cave at all, our borders will become the Gaza Strip. It will become that. If we allow them to uh, to storm our borders, and then we're guilted into it because oh my gosh, it looks so bad. We're done. We're done. You will have this for the rest of our country's life, and I have no idea how long it lasts. By the way, did you hear how Hillary Clinton has come out and she and John Kerry are like, look, this immigration thing in Europe is killing you guys. Oh, you really think so? Hillary Clinton, we came, we saw it, we killed him. Really? You think that the migrant situation, it's almost like somebody that was on TV saying that this will spread throughout the Middle East and then it will, it will go up into Europe and destabilize Europe. It's almost like that wasn't crazy, huh, Hillary? While they're saying that to Europe, in Europe, what are their cohorts saying here? Oh my gosh, these poor migrants. We have to let these migrants in. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it is the last step of that chart that I showed you when I was at Fox. Started with the Arab Spring, destabilize, goes to Libya, destabilizes, refugees go up into Europe, Syria, It destabilizes refugees go up into Europe. It destabilizes Europe to the point to where the governments are afraid of their own people. Now it destabilizes Europe. And then the last step was it comes over here and destabilizes us here. That's what's coming like it or not. We now have a choice. We're either going to. Just let it happen. Or we're going to stand tall with compassion for those who actually need it. Asia Bibi, a Catholic woman who is is going to die and her family going to die. If some Western nation doesn't have the balls to let her in. She's going to be beheaded because she gave a Muslim woman a a jug of water, and that's just not done. Going to be beheaded for that? She's been cleared, but now the Muslim extremists want to kill her. She's trying to get out. No one will help her. Or how about all the Muslims and the Christians in China? Yesterday, Muslim uh, uh, came here. A Uyghur came here who had escaped from China, is trying to get America to listen to her story. Two million people are in concentration camps in in China right now. You can see them on the satellite. They're in concentration camps. And the torture, she begged them to kill her. She begged them to kill her. When you hear what they did to her, just so she would become a good citizen of China, we need to make a statement. As Americans, we do... Offer a hope out to refugees, but people who really need it. Not somebody who's having a hard time finding a job. Not somebody who might have a better future here. But we open our doors to refugees who are actually in danger. Because we stand for something. If we don't do this we will decay just like the west uh, the rest of the west and the west will be lost and our children and our grandchildren will pay a price beyond our imagination
2: how's bitcoin doing today that's uh, up a decent amount today back it up. uh 4200 ish so it is so volatile yeah, and it had gone through a long stretch there of real stability. Real stability. and, uh, and Which is not fun. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I like the instability. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, that's why. I, I don't get, like get, the instability the down. Uh, Yeah, I get stability out of a stock. Uh, Bitcoin is fun because yeah. of the, uh, the ups and downs of it. I just feel like it's... Uh, I mean, you know, this has been a real, it's been a real rough couple of weeks. And uh, it has bounced back, I think, 15% today, which is, you know, again, if you got in yesterday, it feels good. But other than that, it's been so a rough couple of weeks. I want to talk to you about Tika Tawari because he's a guy who has a Palm Beach letter.
1: And uh, he's a guy that we asked him to do the smart crypto course for us. He is one of the best guys on cryptocurrency. He talks to everybody. He really knows his stuff. I've called him because over the summer, he said, it's going to be $40,000 by the end of the... And I begged him. I said, don't don't say that. Don't, don't, don't say that. And he said, Glenn, I'm telling you, because of the things that are happening in the big banking system, they are opening these huge trading desks for Bitcoin. And I said, I don't care. Don't say that because what happens if it doesn't happen? Well, it hasn't happened. In fact, it has taken a bath here recently in the last couple of weeks. Uh, I called him up and I said, Tika, he said, Glenn, I'm telling you, I would apologize if I was wrong. He said, I was wrong on the date. I said, "Oh, that sounds like a familiar thing. He said, I was wrong on the date, but I'm telling you, this is what's going to happen because these companies are spending millions of dollars preparing and they're talking it down so they can come in with their investors at a very low price. I don't know if that's true or not, but he has the data to back it up. And I, I believe him. So you have to decide for yourself. But first thing you have to know is what is cryptocurrency? What is blockchain? Is now a time to buy? Is now a time to stand on the sidelines? I think everybody should own at least $100 worth of of cryptocurrency. But which? Go to uh, our course, smartcryptocourse.com. Smartcryptocourse.com. Or call 877-PBL-BECK. Smartcryptocourse.com. 877-PBL-BECK. Glad you're here. Uh, we are, uh, we're excited to have uh, Ami Horowitz with us uh, next uh, next hour. He actually went down into the caravan. Uh, I think he's in Beirut today, isn't he? What the hell is he doing in Beirut? He's all over the place. He, man. Is, he uh, is. He always
2: He's always in the middle of whatever situation you don't want to be in the middle of. Right. <laughs> That's his, I love him. His, his job just,
1: description. I love him. He has done some such groundbreaking stuff but he was just down in the caravan and he exposed so much and it's all stuff that you're just not going to see on the mainstream media. And he's, you know, he's got them talking on the record. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, we'll, we'll chat with him in, uh, just a few minutes. Also, don't forget that we're going to be in Orlando, Florida on Saturday and Tampa on Friday. And we're really excited to, it's kind of like, you know, it's going home. I'm going to be with, uh, uh, with Jack Harris and the crew tomorrow morning at really WFLA cool. which is great and uh the mothership
2: of this particular program yeah. that's where we started yeah uh and uh that's going to be great And one of our first affiliates in, in Orlando as well yeah wFLA orlando yeah and we
1: are thrilled to uh to go this is the, that was the those was one of the first two stations um and uh and uh, maybe we'll have a little you know uh uh get together with the Schlub club I'm just I'm just saying <laughs> that's been uh, by the way for the schlub club uh, uh, v- viewers you should know tomorrow I'm going to say that the concert is on Thursday <laughs> but you'll know that it's Friday <laughs> uh, anyway so grab your tickets now at uh slash tour and we will see you this weekend.
2: You having fun on the tour? I love so, the tour. Yeah, I f- I forgot how much I liked actually doing this. We ha- we haven't done a stage show in a while, years and years. And it was it's one of those parts of the show we a job we used to do every year, every year. T- usually twice a year. We did a summer yeah, one and a Christmas. We would do uh, we would uh, do
1: forty. We'd do forty stops a
2: year. We were up to forty or forty one stops a year. That's. And- that was a lot. Yeah. I'm not sure I want to go back to that world per se, yeah. but uh, I do like doing it. It's fun. It's and it's fun to see. I mean, we, you know, we talk about this a lot uh, more off the air than on it, but like just our listeners are awesome. They are. They are so cool. They remember every dumb little joke we've made. They remember every little story. They remember. People. It's really good, good people. people people who remember uh you know the the stories and important stories that you know the media didn't cover at the time they bring them up to us there's times people bring these stories that we covered up to us and i've totally forgotten about them and how they tie into today's events yeah it really is helpful to, yeah i
1: really we, we we have some meet and greets beforehand and i just love meeting the audience um and and being with you because it's it's great and where was it it was I think it was Richmond where it almost—I mean, I almost sat down and let the audience do the show. Uh, it became very interactive. Mm-hmm. I mean, every audience is different, and when I was in Richmond, they were—they were very interactive. Yeah, yeah. very interactive. Uh, It's—it's a—it's a blast. So join us, glenbeck.com/slash/tour. Uh, did you see the absolute coincidence here, uh, Stu? That, and this was just a co- and it was a weird coincidence. Uh, but um, uh, Goldman Sachs uh, announced that they were going to do a, a big, huge real estate deal um, in uh, in in New York. Well, just across the river from New York. Okay. In fact, in fact, the big real estate deal—they were building all these condos and everything—right, uh, right where they're going to be building Amazon. And it's just this really big coincidence. Nobody had any idea. That's wonderful. It was great for Goldman Sachs. Mm. They made a lot of money. Smart people. Yeah, announced on the same day. Glenn Just a coincidence.
0: Mercury. Glenn Beck. It's Wednesday, November 28th. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
1: So... Ami Horowitz is a a friend of the program and a guy I've admired for a very, very long time. He is always in the middle of whatever is going on uh, and seemingly can find the truth when nobody in mainstream media can ever find the truth. He went down and he was with the caravan and he's released some video that you must see at Ami, A-M-I, AmiHorowitz.com. We have a couple of clips here
2: for you. Why are you coming to America? Well, I'm looking for a better life. Econ- Econ- economic. I wish to get here uh, and then work there. Because in Honduras there are no jobs. We are looking for a better life because we don't have jobs. To get a job. To work.
1: Because I want to finish my studies there. To finish my studies in my case.
0: Don't you just want to meet Caitlyn Jenner? Oh,
1: Oh, I love that woman. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't want to meet Caitlin? Right. Okay, so that that doesn't sound like a refugee. It doesn't. One more clip.
0: Ever present among the thousands of migrants are workers of Pueblo Sin Fronteras, Hmm. clad in black t-shirts and colored vests. Pueblo Sin Fronteras means people without borders. They're the ones that seem to be most involved in organizing and mobilizing this caravan. The organization as the name implies, is looking to create a world without borders, which seems to be one of the reasons why they organized this caravan in the first place, to flout American sovereignty.
1: Hmm. Ami Horowitz joins us now, and I don't know if this is true, from Beirut?
0: Yes, yes, I'm uh, doing a video on the Muslim Brotherhood. In fact, this came back uh, yesterday. I was in the Hezbollah-controlled Becca Valley, uh, the shadow of the Syrian mountains. So, yeah, I try to I try to keep life a little bit interesting, Glenn.
1: You didn't tell them your last name was Horowitz, did you?
0: <laughs> no, no, I... Good. I, I use a gnome de guerre. Yeah, yeah
1: okay, because uh, that's not, that doesn't sound like a safe area. Uh, come back safely. We'll pray yeah, for that you.
0: That would not end well for me.
1: No, it wouldn't. Okay, so, Ami, tell me about what you learned on the border and how difficult it was to find out the truth.
0: Right, okay, God, there's there are so many layers to this onion. It's almost hard uh, to know where to begin. I think the the important thing, the most important point, or one of the most important points, I think, is the complicity that the mainstream media has with the organizers of this caravan. And I, I don't mean to say that they had some kind of like cabal that they worked up together. What I mean by that is. You, everything that most if you watch, look at every image that you see on CNN or MSNBC or The New York Times or The Washington Post, any image or video that you see about the caravan, what's the one thing you always see? You always see women and kids right in the framing. And it's so ludicrous because you literally you have to sit there for a while to find that framing because there are so few women and children. Literally, I would say 90 to 95 percent people there, Men and you go on and on about how how disingenuous the media is on this thing. For example, the the media will have you believe this was some kind of organic, uh, you know, a groundswell of people who decided at the same time in Honduras we just want to we're going to go form this caravan and and go to uh, to America. That's kind of like that's what the narrative that you hear from the media. Again, nothing could be further from the truth. This thing was organized from the beginning. Glenn, I can't tell you. There are, there are literally lines, lines of these chartered buses that take people from place to place. There's mobile hospitals. There are armies of, of, of trucks and vehicles moving food and people. There and would the water have
1: to be. be. This is the question I've been asking from the beginning. You cannot set out. We, who's just taking care of the people who are that's a death march in any other case that's a death march unless you have uh a medical services you have food you have water you can't just walk into a town with six thousand people and all stop by in the Seven Eleven and expect them to have enough water of course this is this is going on so when you when you found it ami you found pueblos sin fronteras which is is a group that organized the last caravan and gets money from George Soros. How much? How involved are they?
0: Oh, the, the, as involved you can put. This, this is their caravan. This is their. They're the sponsors. They're the organizers. They're the ones who put this whole thing together. Listen, you, again, you walk around. This is not, again, I, I don't. this is not a secret. It's not like I found something that nobody else could find. If you just show up with a camera, this is what is out there. So it's what's laid out for you. There are hundreds of these workers. It's not like there's one or two kind of hiding in the bushes. They're all over the place. They're wearing T-shirts. That's like, look, they're They're wearing colored vests and have these bullhorns. Okay? You can't throw a rock and I hit one of these people. They are organizing it from the beginning to the end, and the cost of this thing, Glenn, it's got to be in the millions of dollars. Not thousands of dollars, not hundreds of thousands, millions. I calculated just the water costs hundreds of thousands of dollars, never mind everything else. There are literally mobile hospitals. If you In the video, you see four or five um, of these caravan trucks that are kind of parked, that move with them from place to place, where you have loads of medication, there are doctors, there are hospital beds. It's unbelievable how clear this thing was organized, created from the beginning.
1: Um, Did you ask anybody where they were getting the money and how this was all organized and put together?
0: Of course. And their answer was, oh, mana from heaven. It just appeared. It, it, it just, this is, they live with a straight face. They will tell me that there was no money involved and that everything that they have is given to them by the towns when they're passing through. So the pallets, literally the pallets of Gatorade, right? Of electrolytes that are given to them. The, the, the trucks full of water are apparently given to them by the three or four thousand people that happen to live in those little towns they're passing through in southern Oaxaca. I mean, it's it, 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 it's 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 so incredulous that it's incredible that they, they expect me or you or everybody who's listening to the or, or you know the me, Cnn or reading the New York Times would believe this hogwash.
1: So I mean I have I've come to a place to where this is so um, this is so bold of the press and I don't think it's going to work. This is so bold of the press. They're actually asking Americans to believe this stuff when it's so clearly not true. It is to the point to where you have to deny what you see with your own eyes.
0: And, and this is a great shame of, of, and really to the shame of, of, of most of the American media. That the world media, but we're talking about the American media in particular right now. It's a, it's a real, I mean, shame is maybe too soft a word. They're literally trying to push a political narrative here. But right? why? Why are let's go? You know, it goes a little deeper. But why? Let's go let's take a step back. Why are they doing this? Why is President Peres funding this, and why do they want to do this? The answer is very very clear. They have a hatred for American sovereignty. They have a hatred for our president. And by the way, this also perceived the president as well. They've had caravans before. Mm-hmm. And and they hate our border security. They're trying to undermine American sovereignty. They, right? they, there's, they there's believe
1: no in country. a borderless world. That's what they say.
0: Well, listen, the name of the of the group is Pueblos Infronters, Peoples Without Borders. It's in the name, man.
1: Yeah, right. It's in,
0: <laughs> they're hiding their agenda. Right. But it's the it's the fact that the American media is, is covering oh, this up and literally covering this up and papering up because there's no there's literally no way you can go there and not see this in front of your face. It's everywhere. This is not hidden. Not like you have to scratch the surface to find what the agenda is. This is exact. All the stuff is out there for them to see, but none of them are reporting on it. It's it's it's, it's bizarre, and it really just shows a level of I don't know what else what word to use other than complicity. Really, what it is.
1: So, uh, Ami, there, we just played a uh, a report from 2013 from the same border position. Where uh, the reporters were talking to uh, the uh, border guards and there had been a a tear gas uh, uh, event under Obama that nobody seemed to care about. And they were talking about how at the time that this was a coordinated event and they, they felt that it was almost like a dry run. They had tried it in a couple of other places and they were trying to make the border patrol look bad. Um, And they said, this is an organized group and this is what they're trying to do. And, you know, they're going to do this in the future. Nobody really paid attention to that. When I saw the caravan in April, um, I said at the time, this is going to be if we are not prepared and we don't handle this right. This is going to make our southern border into Gaza. And this will be we will be the big bad Israel. And anybody wants to come in is going to be a Palestinian. And that's the that's the playbook. You agree with that?
0: That's a really yeah. That's a really apt analogy. Um, the, the, the concerted effort to make uh, the, like they like like the media was able to do to make Israel look like the big ogre, um, using the same kind of playbook. They're doing the same thing here. By the way, I want to point out. I mean, it wasn't one time that the obama administration used tear gas they I used know. tear gas
1: multiple times no no, 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 no. I, I want to correct you i want to use the real number 1600 times 16 <laughs> that really the, that's the real on, that number right Six, it is 1600 incidences of using tear gas pepper balls and stun guns
0: yeah, how many times did you hear that on CNN I I'm, uh,
1: I'm
5: never
0: just curious just never wondering how many times that fact came out or the New York Times never in no, fact you're exactly right they...
1: in, in fact on this particular thing that happened in 2013 uh they had only a hundred people and they were being reported they reported it as the border guards were so restrained they only used tear gas pepper balls and stun guns they are tasers they only only
0: use those, and how restrained they were. I mean, it, yeah, it, it, it's it's incre- it's really incredible, and and you know, and also you know, another analogy. Uh, you know, you mentioned the fact they're looking for kind of weakness on, on how they can they can get these people across. You know, a couple of things. First of all, I've seen this movie before, and that was when you when you saw, and I was with the refuge, the the migrants. They call the migrants who were trying to get from uh, from Jordan. Uh, and, and Turkey into Europe, right? Mm-hmm. So we've seen what, what happens when you open up your borders and say, well, we'll take in whoever you want. You see a massive demographic shift happening uh, all across Europe. And I, did a, I did a video about what, what the results were happening, the results of this mass immigration to Sweden uh, that we had talked about. It's destroyed it. You saw what happened. Yeah, you, mean you, you saw what happened there, and, and, this, is, and this, is, this is what they're trying to recreate here. Now, I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying that the people in these caravans are bad people. Now, there are, for, there are absolutely bad people within the caravan. That's not even a question. In fact, one of the more interesting people I interviewed was a group of trans who were understandably looking to leave their intolerant society in Honduras and come to America. I'd do the same thing if I would. If I, if I would, had nothing, I'd also want to come to America. I don't blame them for that. Right. But they were telling me how they were beaten repeatedly by people in the caravan all the way to America, but they're willing to endure it because they want to get to America so badly. There are people who admit it. No, there are some bad people in these groups. But I don't want to make it seem like they're all bad people. They're doing something which I would want to do as well if I were them, but they have to understand that we have... Without our border, we don't have sovereignty. We're not a nation. We're not a nation-state. And and if you want to be a sovereign, functioning nation-state, the number one thing you need is a border, and you have to have a secure border. And I want to point something else out as well. Part of the plan on how, you know, they're, they're, again, this is on this is on video, they're telling me this. Part of what the groups are doing, and the U.N., by the way, is very complicit in this as well. I interviewed a U.N. official from from uh, U.N. High Commission Refugees who was telling me proudly that they were involved in helping to organize the caravan once they crossed the border to Mexico. They were involved from the beginning, she said, in helping them Facilitate their crossing across Mexico, and when I talked to the, the the leaders, the organizers of the of the uh, of this, um, this caravan, what they were telling me was, we are teaching them a number of things. First of all, what they literally have PowerPoint. They did PowerPoint presentation. I kid you not, like a caravan TED talk, where they are training them exactly what to say to American guards in order to have a higher chance for getting uh, asylum status. They're trying. They're teaching them how to game the system. It's a very sophisticated effort.
1: Ami, I, uh, I pray that you uh, stay safe uh, and uh, that you continue to do the work that you're doing. You can follow him at Ami, A-M-I, Horowitz, uh, or go to AmiHorowitz.com. This is a, a must-see video, and you need to share it with as many people as you can. This is the truth. Um, and it is there for you to see. all you have to do is turn the cameras in the right direction. Uh, the, what you're seeing is a very well orchestrated play uh, and it it does spell a new a new phase of America's destruction if we allow it to win. I'm telling you it our Mexican border will become Gaza. It will become a refugee haven. And we will be the big, bad Israel. It is coming unless we stop it dead in its tracks now and we do it the right way. Ami, thank you so much.
0: Always a pleasure. Thank
2: Thank you. you. (sighs) Brave guy. Crazy brave guy it's amazing that no media sources are really reporting on these groups that are helping the caravan you he, hear that about the un anywhere no and i did uh, the other part is he, he's it's not hidden they're not hiding no they're there the uh, pueblos in Fr- uh, fronteros that is that was in the that was on the front page of the new york
1: times they just didn't say anything about it mm-hmm. they just said oh the organizing committee and the head of that said x y and z well who is that yeah who, who is that the money coming from yeah mm-hmm. All right, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about Casper. Uh, Casper is a bed that you're just going to absolutely love. Uh, it is, it's a, a foam mattress, but it's not like the traditional foam mattress. This foam mattress is, uh, uh, is a brand-new technology that they worked on, and it does not heat up. I hate foam mattresses because they're about 5,000 degrees, and you'll wake up in a puddle of sweat. It's like you're sleeping in a sponge. That is not the case with Casper, and you're going to love it. Now, the way to find out is to actually order one and have it delivered and sleep on it. Now, uh, I want you to know, Casper makes this really super simple. If you don't love it within the first 100 nights, so you sleep on it for a third of the year. If you don't love it, you just call them, and they will come and pick it up and return every dime. There's 35,000 five-star reviews on Google and Casper, so don't trust me don't trust anybody else just order it try it out if you don't love it return it they come and pick it up go to casper.com use the promo code back give the gift of sleep this holiday casper.com promo code glenn welcome to the program glad you're here um we're going to be joined by um uh Andrew Heaton in a, in just a minute you don't want to miss he is uh he he's doing a new podcast uh, uh some, something's off with Andrew Heaton and that is just the perfect night uh title for him uh but uh you can listen to his podcast yesterday we're going to bring him in because yesterday um I saw him as he was going into the studio to record his podcast and he said I ah, I'm going to I'm going to do Moby Dick today and I thought Oh, well, that's uh, gonna be successful. and uh, yeah. I said you're you're reading' you're, you're reading Moby Dick. And he said yes, as if Bernie Sanders wrote it. That was enough for me. i I bought my ticket. Uh, so I want you to uh, to hear that. He's coming in in uh, just a few minutes. Also Stu and I are going to be out on Friday and Saturday, uh, and we're going to be uh, in concert on uh, Friday in Tampa and then Saturday in orlando and you can get your tickets at glenbeck.com slash tour i'll be playing the mandolin
2: yeah yeah. Well, what's your it's unplugged it's it it's unplugged. is unplugged yes it is unplugged so uh, com slash tours is the place uh-huh. to go to get your tickets uh, should we give another pair of tickets away you, any end of that sure yeah all right well if you want to go and you're in orlando or wow, you're in tampa that's... you should call the number 888-727-BECK yeah. uh again long long form mandolin uh-huh. uh it's it is a little, it's, it's, uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, improv so mm-hmm. there's not really a musical structure to it right um but i think you're really you really you know enjoy <laughs> you know that jazz that <laughs> also i can't play really medley. nobody likes right yeah okay, yeah. Okay. jazz
1: that gets the jazz that just gets so dissident that you're like okay i don't even i can never whistle this well i mean what what is the point of this i can't i i can't leave going oh man i'm just humming that tune i just heard right it's like that except more dissident So definitely more just you're going to you're going to you're going to love it. And uh, by the way, Stu, I got this for you uh, because I think you said you didn't believe that we were. And I don't know why we are, but why we are offering uh, the Blaze swimsuit uh, for for Uh, ladies. How have we sold any of those? Uh, We have sold a lot of these. And I don't know why. And I don't know. I mean, good luck. You're going to get a rock to the head if you're at the pool. (laughs) Uh, But uh, I think you need one with the with the bucket of chicken face on it. You know, the one that has my face. That's a better swimsuit. Of course, we might have to make it in X X X X X X
2: X X L
1: Super L. That's a strange product. Where do we get this? Shop? Uh, shop Shop.TheBlaze.com. You can get that. You can also get the uh, very popular uh, t-shirt, Don't California, My Texas, (laughs) and Don't New York, My Florida. Uh, They're both available now at uh, Shop.TheBlaze.com. Back with Moby Dick and Bernie Sanders. When we come back, Andrew Heaton, who is uh, joining us now, is a. Would you say you're classically trained, uh, comedian? And uh, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say I'm. A,
6: I'm. A, I'm. A, I've. A, I've done many a stand up. I've done stand up in multiple countries and, right. and now international competitions. I'm a member of the Friars Club in New York, oh, which really? is which is probably like a. I can't think of a more old timey way to yeah. to like, you know, knight a comedian yeah, than that. Right, right. And, uh, and How I'm do the- you get into the Friars Club? Uh, at this point, I mean, I, I believe the criteria is you need to be young enough to walk up and down stairs. Right. They're, uh, they're running out of yeah. young folks, so they've yeah. been making an yeah. effort to push for that. So when right. I showed up, and I was like, I'm funny, and, uh, and I, can, I can just, like, run without losing my breath, and I'll be around <laughs> another 40 years. They were like, come on <laughs> in. Come on in. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: So, yeah, they, uh, I, I think I slipped under the, the old threshold yeah. of, of what would be needed. But you went to you went to school. I mean, you. you how did your parents feel about you paying for school for comedy? Well, I so I have done in
6: terms of classes mm-hmm. I've done classes at UCB, which is the Upright Citizen Brigade Theater uh, in New York, which is kind of the mothership of improv and mm-hmm. sketch comedy training, mm-hmm. and I've mm-hmm. I've done that and uh, and that was in my twenties and thirties. I my actual schooling was in history and religious studies, and my and, parents were not too pleased. Right. With that. They their their position. Uh, they're both very practical. Loving people from the middle Oklahoma. of the country. Dad's yeah. a judge. He's not. Yeah. J- judges do not lend themselves to flights of uh, flights of fancy. Yes. So they were like, why don't you pick history and business, or mm-hmm. religious studies and computer science? <laughs> right. And and they're you know because the big history factory down the street isn't hiring right now. Right. Right. And I was like, no, 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 no. Cause we, here's what's going to do. They're going to lean up against each other. And I'll, you know, I'll, I'll be, uh, I'll write books and I'll do. And I, which was be, in retrospect, my, my strategy in my career was like, I'm going to buy more lottery tickets in different fields. And I'm just <laughs> right. going to assume all of these Correct. horrendously likely lottery.
1: For if I buy eight lottery tickets, surely
6: one of right. them will work. <laughs>
1: right. Uh, and, uh, sure. so here I am now. So here you are yeah. now. Uh, so that's, uh, we're thrilled. Um, so you, you have started a, uh, uh, podcast with us mm-hmm. which I think is is really great and I think it's great because you have a how did you put it a high tolerance for embarrassment embarrassment I'm trying to yeah. I'm working on that I'm trying right. to get better at embarrassment because you are a stand-up that is used to the crowd reaction yes and so the first time you were you, you, the first day you came to me and was like okay I don't know if it's, that was
6: yeah it's terrifying I've mentioned this before and I we, we were talking to a couple of uh, comedians that were outside yesterday and I was talking to them about it mm. David and uh and uh um, Tamala, mm-hmm. um that yeah when you're when you're doing live comedy if you're doing sketch you're doing improv you're doing stand-up which and those are the things that my background's in you're immediately getting a response from the environment uh, from the audience and mm-hmm. if I'm doing stand-up I can I can just deal with it so if I'm if I'm doing jokes and that happens sometimes where you're you're I don't know. I'm doing jokes about my 30s or something, mm. you know, and just the audience isn't getting it. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go back to jokes about penguins. That seems to be what they're, mm-hmm. you, you can kind of deal with it. And so, but when you're, when you're on, when I'm recording and and here I'm in this, this glorious giant space uh, where they shot RoboCop, but it's just me. Mm-hmm. So it's this, it's, I'm in a warehouse by myself, just shouting into the ether mm-hmm. and I have no idea. So like yesterday I I unveiled a, a new segment called book club mm-hmm. uh, where I do literature by, by existing political figures and i still have no idea how that went
1: like i haven't checked my, my twitter or facebook yet and it, yeah, it, so i haven't i haven't heard it myself i heard the premise and i thought a high threshold uh, for embarrassment. Uh, this could be either brilliant or, 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 or you know, not so great. We share the same assessment, right? <laughs> so, and you still don't know. I still don't. You know. You still don't know. So, I thought you could try it out yeah. here and uh, and
2: see. I really this is so you know, uh, America, you're becoming a guinea pig here. Mm-hmm. And to uh, be clear, you as a broadcaster, your advice here is: after he doesn't know how it played to his audience, is to bring it in front of ten million people and have him do it again before he. Knows I the find reaction.
1: Andrew funny. Mm-hmm. I think he's really, really. Funny. Funny mm-hmm. and I think he's really smart. Yes. He also knows he, he he knows audiences. Um let's see if he knows this one. Uh I don't know. I you know what I, I would normally not let somebody else come on and just run he, with this.
6: When when people talk about Glenn Beck fans, what they say is Glenn Beck fans hate socialists, but they love Herman Melville. You're so right. I, right. We have a so sticker work. Work. just like that. So yeah.
1: this is uh this is Moby Dick as if written.
6: Moby Dick, as written by Bernie Sanders. By Bernie Bernie Sanders.
3: Called me Ishmael. Some years ago, never mind how long precisely. Having little or no money in my purse because of the stagnant middle class being devoured alive by evil, evil plutocrats like Bill Gates and the Koch brothers, both of them. I thought I would sail about a little and see a watery part of the world. It is a way I have of driving off the spleen and regulating the circulation. That's actually
2: him in Melbourne. <laughs> you can kind of tell when you yeah, go in yeah, and out of yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: In my travels, which I did in a single crumpled suit, I encountered <laughs> Captain Ahab, a man determined to harpoon Moby Dick, the white whale. Whales are the top 1% of the top 1% of the ocean. There is no good reason for tuna to be smaller than whales. When you look at charts of tuna and charts of whales and also charts of squirrels over the last 40 years, whales are getting bigger and tuna is staying the same or shrinking. In Denmark, tuna gets as big as a Ford Contour. And whales in Denmark are only slightly larger than a respectably sized special needs bus. There's a lot we can learn from Denmark. Ah. Ahab looked out across the briny sea which is the boneyard and watery charnel house of so many New England whalers. All ye mastheaders have before ye now seen me give orders about a white whale, he said. Look ye, do you see the Spanish ounce of gold? Holding up a bright, bold coin to the sun, it is a $16 piece, men. Do you see it, Mr. Starbuck? Hand me yon top ball.
6: That's more mouthful. No, I think <laughs> we
3: know that. He proceeded to hammer it into the mast. Whoever sights the dreaded white whale gets the gold piece. A $16 piece of Spanish gold was an insult to every working man on the ship. How much is Ahab making? Probably a hundred times as much as my friend Queequeg. I've got a lot of friends like Queequeg. A lot of friends like Queequeg coming to my my rallies. And the reason is whales. Whales eat the tuna's food and become gigantic, possibly the size of small moons. And that is why I told Captain Ahab, if you elect me, ship captain, I will impose a 50% blubber tax on the biggest fish monsters. And I will replace the parrots that those pirate guys wear on their shoulders with toucans. Quite frankly, parrots have been through enough, and toucans have had it too easy. I'm sorry, that's just my opinion. Later, Ahab lowered into the blinky, inky black waters on a perilous rowboat, armed with a harpoon. A lot of people give me, Ishmael, crap on being soft on harpoon control and being too cozy with harpoon rights. All I can say is that in Vermont, people love harpoons, and they use the harpoons responsibly. And so I have no further thoughts on harpoon control. To me, a much more pressing issue is that to go to whaling school, most Americans need to take out an extensive loan. And that loan has a higher interest rate than a car, which makes no sense. Free whaling schools should be paid for by the federal government through estate taxes on rich dead people. And if that's not enough, we can just print more money. We can do that. We can print money. <laughs> Ahab threw his harpoon straight and through, and it struck Moby Dick right in the back of his big, fleshy head. Then Ahab... <laughs> Water skied behind the white whale for several minutes and even went up in the air a few times like in episode 91 of Happy Days where the Fonz jumps a tiger shark. Afterwards, we all went out for Ben and Jerry's ice cream which is delicious and equitable to its workers. The end.
2: Oh wow! It's, uh, <laughs> I think that's thank great. You.
3: Thank
6: you very really? much. Thank you. Yeah, this is Solid Sanders? Thank you very it's much. A, a, the weird thing is, all of that straight up from Moby Dick. Really? Like, <laughs> not, not, that's just—it's just me doing it with the Bernie Sanders. <laughs> accent. I don't
2: remember the Koch brothers being
1: mentioned. Right. It's very—it's very prescient. It's okay. Very yeah. prescient. Yeah, it's—it's its, it's, uh, it's uh, quite stunning. So, yeah. what is it? What, what is next in the book club?
6: Uh, I'm not sure. I—I'm I'm thinking about doing a segment tomorrow called uh, "A Day in the Life of." Mike Pence where I go through his his line by line like 1015 pin uh, mm-hmm. 20 type thing. Um, I'm not sure who Have you thought I, of the last of the Mohicans by Elizabeth Warren I that could work, <laughs> that could work. <laughs> I've, I've thought about maybe doing like a set of haikus by Alexandria Ocasio Cortez oh, so that ah, would be really good uh, so that's that's something mm-hmm. I'm that thinking about doing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and then after that, I'm not sure. I, I kind of I I think there's a good vibe here of, of taking <laughs> taking classical literature and then imposing imposing just
1: a jarring political view. Into now, it. are you concerned mm-hmm. that a vast majority of Americans, uh, you would have to stop and say that part is Moby <laughs> that that part is really Melville.
6: Yeah, I've, I've accepted <laughs> that I'm a niche audience, Glenn. I've, I've, I've come around
1: to that. I'm more of a premium uh, performer. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Andrew Heaton. Something's off with Andrew Heaton is the podcast. You can find it you know, on iTunes or wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. We're thrilled to have him. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Appreciate it. Sponsor this half hour is a LifeLock. Secret Service has now issued some warnings. The Postal Service is now, you know, they're providing something called informed delivery. And uh, what informed delivery is, it takes a snapshot of all the mail that's coming so you know when something is coming. And the problem is, is that somebody has been hacking in or a group of identity thieves are hacking in. And they're finding out what is happening to your mail. And then they see, oh, you're getting a check or you're getting a credit card thing coming in your mail. And they're going and stealing it. So the Secret Service is saying, hey, be really careful about this. Now, look, this is just one in, I don't even know, a million things. How many things can you think about? How many things can you protect against? I mean, geez, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to figure out how to keep my kids on the right track. Mm-hmm. You know? That's not
2: everything else that's going on. It's always something you don't expect, too. It's, it's, um, it's one of these like high-impact events that you don't see coming. Because you know you're dealing with your everyday life, and you're trying to protect yourself against these things you see every day, and all of a sudden this thing bites you out of nowhere, uh, and that's uh, that's the smart thing about having LifeLock. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's for lazy people like us. It really? No, it really <laughs> is It's for busy people.
1: Oh yeah, busy. That's what I LifeLock mm-hmm. identity theft protection now has the power of Norton Security to protect you against threats to your identity and your devices. Now nobody can prevent all identity theft or cybercrime or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But no matter the season, LifeLock with Norton Security is the right choice to help you look out for the threats that you're going to miss on your own. Go to LifeLock.com, use the promo code BECK, get an additional 15% off your first year. That's promo code BECK, an additional 15% off now at LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Glenn Beck. I can't believe- Oh, my gosh. Uh, For all of the years of the Clinton saying it's a vast right wing conspiracy. You know, they are accusing us of murdering people. They're accusing us of murdering Vince Foster. Okay, they're now out saying that Donald Trump was complicit.
2: On the cover up of the Khashoggi murder murder. You've got to be kidding me. They seem to be making a big deal about the fact that he didn't want to actually listen to the audio. Which I don't... I mean, again, I I don't know that that's a required thing. We're all against the murder. So I I did a lot of thinking about this
1: last Mm -hmm. night um, because it came from John Bolton, who I really respect. Mm -hmm. And John said, I don't speak Arabic. What could I have gotten out of it? Mm -hmm. I know the translation. I read the transcript. And they said, the emotion. Well... I don't think I want my president to to listen for emotion. I don't want you don't making no. good
2: decisions when you're angry. I mean, ideally, if you could set this rule for your entire life, largely, and you probably would, which is you'd never make a decision based on emotion in your entire life. And I'm now no human being can live up to that standard. And there is a little bit of romance out of life. You probably lost if you never do.
1: But correct. But, you know, how many times do you make a business decision and somebody says, so is this what you want? Is this how you're feeling Mm -hmm. or do you really believe? And sometimes you can't separate them. Mm -hmm. That's not good when you have something really important that you're trying to decide. Am I in love or am I in lust? You know what I mean? Is this, am I making the right decisions for the right reasons? That's really hard. Yeah, and, it, and when you mix emotion in, it it becomes a
2: lot harder. It has been reported pretty widely that one of the, one of the r- real pieces of emotion that Donald Trump has felt since being in office was the Syria g- uh, chemical attacks. When he saw that uh, video and, and heard about those stories, he was emotionally moved. Um, and and wanted to you know reportedly go even heavier with the Syria campaign and was eventually you know talked out of it or you know Mattis and such they decided to go a slightly different direction but they still did they still did act on it remember Trump came into office as a guy promising he would not intervene in these foreign situations um, and I, I think he was right on the Syria thing mm-hmm. largely but still like it, you know emotion can Be a beneficial tool when you want to move someone into something that they don't necessarily, uh, well, it's logically what the left understand, yeah. It's and they, the they use it all the time <laughs> yeah. and they want to hear it's what they do with the guns, is a it's probably a better mm-hmm. example. Every time there's a shooting, you get two weeks of hard press for banning anything they can in that two weeks because once the emotion is gone and you're making sober decisions, you look at, okay, well, violence rates are down. Okay, well, these guns aren't even the ones doing it. Okay, well, this wouldn't have even stopped the murders anyway, even if we had passed these laws. And you go through this logical set of arguments, and at the end, so far, every single time, with the exception of certain states and such, um, you've seen eventually logic win out when it comes to guns. I mean, we've... But but that is not always a guarantee. And they know if they try this a thousand times, one of the times it's going to work, and they're going to ban large large pieces of what you're constitutionally guaranteed to be able to purchase. So let me ask you this.
1: What is it we're supposed to do with this information? Are we supposed to, because we've already condemned Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are we supposed to cut all ties to Saudi
2: Arabia? Are we supposed to make them an enemy of ours? What are we supposed to do? I mean, I, I guess the, and I think this is nothing but political gain here from Democrats, is mm-hmm. the idea that we should be tougher on them because they did this horrible thing. Now, of course, they do these horrible things every day. Uh, that doesn't make me feel any better about Khashoggi, because I mean, uh, that's not a good thing, but uh, they kill their own people often. All the time. There's every, you know, there's regimes all around the world. I mean, remember, uh, Diane Feinstein, or was it Barbara Boxer, was one of those California senators, went and met, met with uh, Assad. Mm-hmm. in Syria. Right. Okay. So, you know, we had um, uh, Ocasio, uh, not Ocasio-Cortez, um, uh, Tulsi Gabbard in, in Hawaii who met with Assad in Syria. You know, you have, uh, we have, we have had all sorts of, particularly left-wing people who have met with communist dictators and worse, Castro and all people all across the world have done horrible, the horrible things. M- the president, President Obama, met with Hugo Chavez. an art president now met with Kim Jong-un. Right. Right. Like, I mean, we, it, to say that we're going to cut Every single uh, string from from Saudi Arabia is not even something that the left believes. They're just they're trying to push for it because they think it puts Trump in a tough, tough position. And it is a tough position. I mean, you know, Jared Kushner in particular has has fought, uh, you know, to try to uh, get the more uh, open parts of the Saudi Arabian society to grow. Um, he I think he believes that to be a, a really big key to changing the way the things are in the Middle East, you know, and and I think this if disengaging prince, with them won't help that
1: right No, And I think this Prince is actually moving in that direction. He's just a mobster. He's he's Tony Soprano. Yeah. And that's who we've been in bed with forever. You know, we're in the bed with the Sopranos. I, I don't want to encourage it. And I but I don't also want to poke it in the eye. Just we condemn you for that. Len, move on.
5: Mercury.